This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a set of 10 uniquely beautiful diamond rings and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. It is Locked On Jazz for the 3rd of February. Jazz bust out on Detroit, but we only run early. Deeper dive into the value of the off-the-bounce three, and it's a Quinn Snyder Wednesday, his most interesting comments of the week. All coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for everybody who gave their thoughts on yesterday's third segment. You guys are the best. Some of the thoughts are like program director level stuff. I got some pros out there. I've either taught you well or you're really bright on your own or you understand the industry. The comments were great, like totally blown away. I forwarded them to our coordinating producer and our director of production on the Lockdown Podcast Network, and they were stunned at the level of detail and things that were coming um, from you guys. So thank you so much for everybody who said it. You're still welcome to. We're still adjusting. Uh, but the general consensus was we liked the third segment and probably should run with it. Some of you said, I like it, I'll never listen, which is great. That's the exact part of the game also. All right, let's get into it. The Jazz win last night, pretty commanding fashion. Um, they dominate early. They take a 20-point lead again. This is pretty stunning. This is the Jazz' 12th game this year in which they have had a 20-point lead during the – I mean, that is incredible. They are just torching people, uh, blowing them out. Another 10-0 run. We're 13-0 now this year when we take a 10-0 run. You know, Detroit's physical. We came out and we ran early and got a ton of fast-break opportunities early in this ball game, and then that – and that really dictated where the game went and what we were able to do. And again, I, I you know, I find myself doing this a lot because I think we can get lost inside of of the shuffle of the, particularly in this game, of some recency bias. I, I'm just not particularly bothered by the results of the fourth quarter. I mean, it got, yes, it got to two, so that was kind of a little ridiculous. But you know what? Like, the fact is that that's what happens, and then it got to two, and we went on an 8-0 run. And to give Detroit credit, <clears throat> what what they've done, and everybody mocked them in the offseason, but what they've really done is, one is they found Jeremy Grant. Give Troy Weaver great credit, because that is not just a subtle change. That's taking a, a bit piece and turning him into a go-to guy, and he generally looks comfortable doing it. But what they also did with Jeremy Grant and Blake Griffin and then Derek Rose and Mason Plumley is they're going to they're trying to rebuild an entire culture there. Dwayne Casey's a, a hard-driving head coach, really bright, uh, but he wants them to play a certain way. And what they've done is they went and have got guys who play hard. Um Jeremy Grant plays really hard. Mason Plumley and Isaiah Stewart, that has got to be as tired as Rudy Gobert is going to be on any given night all year. You're up 20, and these guys are just pounding on you every play. I mean, Detroit really plays about as hard and physically and fiercely as any team in the league. They're not good, but they're doing that for 48 minutes. You get up by 20, and you're going to drop the ball a little bit on what's taking place. There's just 
no way you're staying with it at, at, at that level uh, when that happens. And I think what you saw last night is exactly that. So, I mean, the Jazz offensive rating in the first quarter was a 132, and their defensive rating was an 88. Like, that's dominating. That Those are the minutes that, that count. Yeah, we can all sit here and say you want to have, you know, four, oh, we need 48 minutes of effort. Eh, you don't actually. <laughs> you know, the truth is you actually don't need 48 minutes of effort. And so when a team's playing that hard against you, you, there's a point along the way where you try to get out of it. The second quarter, the Jazz offensive rating was a 144, and the defensive rating was a 92. I mean, this was a utter domination for the – and the game, like I'm in blowout material in the first half with Quinn about the Plumleys. I mean, with Ron with the Plumleys. Our offensive rating in the first half was a 138. Our defensive rating was a 90. Like that, it's like it's over. So yeah, we can you know we we like, took our eye off the prize in the third. It's also like mathematically hard to lose a 17 point lead. We tried, but we didn't actually. Like, that's the other thing. We didn't actually lose it. Through three quarters, it's 125 to 125 offensive rating and a 103 defensive rating. The third quarter, you know, we let off the... Their offensive rating was now 126, and our offense went away at 104. It's very similar to the last game we played them where Quinn had to drop the clipboard. and But we were better early, so we were ahead by a lot. And they, you know, and our... And we just didn't have Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert just didn't have their flow going the way they usually do. They started doing some switching on the pick and roll and they're really physical. And Plumlee was playing the offensive glass. And every time Rudy came over to help that, then all of a sudden they're, you know, it was an offensive rebound. And so you look at the fourth quarter and the numbers look awful again. They had a 111 offensive rating. We had a defensive rating of an 88, but let's go to like, oh, here's the final three minutes of the game and all of a sudden we're back up to a 129 and they're about 67 like we just plugged it back in it's just I'm just not gonna yeah I just can't get bothered by it here's the only one that's interesting to me we're running early and we're not running as a game continues Quinn is instituted running we've gotten our guys to run it's a new thing for us to do um we're running at a, at a much higher rate than we've ever run before but we're running early and running is 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 not an easy thing to do. You know, it sounds silly. Every, every, you know, the joke in the NBA is every player says we need to run more until the coach says, okay, run more. And then they're tired, but running and playing defense at the same time, don't usually go hand in hand. That's what Rick Carlisle's point was about how great the jazz are is that they, they're playing with a tenacity and running at a rate that you don't see. Well, in the first quarter of the other night, 15% of our possessions were fast break points. Well, that's actually exactly what we've averaged for the season. We average in the first quarter, 15% of our fat points are fast break points. The statistic fast break points is not perfect, but the numbers are so dramatically different in this discussion that I think it tells a story. I really, as much as I love numbers, I really love numbers because I think they tell an accurate story. So in the, the other night, we had last night we had 15% of our possessions in the first quarter as fast break points. In the second quarter, we actually had zero. We did not have a fast break point in the second quarter last night. And in the third quarter last night, we ended up with one fast break bucket the entire quarter. So we ran a ton. 15% is a lot in the first quarter of games. Um, and then we ended up with 0%. And then we ended up with 8%, which I guess Donovan might have had two uh, opportunities. Actually, 8% probably is one uh, or two out of you know, 25 possessions. So 
that's actually matching to exactly what we've done all year. In the first quarter of games, we are in fast break 15%. Our fast break, our points are fast break points 15% of the time. Then we slip to 9.7 in the second quarter and 7.2 in the third quarter. I'm not actually using fourth quarter data for us because we've been blowing people out so much. So that's something to keep an eye on. Can we sustain running? Because right now we're running in the first quarter and not running in the second or third quarters. And when we run, we're great. We're the number one team in the league in transition offense, and you can just see it, and we get out and get the threes, and that's when we're really, really super. So that would be the one takeaway I would have about last night's game. Not the up 20 or any of that. We just stopped running, but that's consistent to a season-long trend. Uh, we set the NBA record for most consecutive games with at least 15 threes. When Boyan hit the two late, um, we have now done that in 11 straight games which is an NBA record. By the way, there's been a lot of talk about Boyan's shooting. And the fact is, on Boyan's shooting, it's the mid, it's the, when he gets in the paint and he's taking that drive and then jump stopping in the lane and taking that little two, that non-restricted area two, we, we, have, we have become an incredibly efficient team in regards to taking a lot of threes and getting to the rim. We still take an in ordinate amount of floater zone shots which we're actually making at about 46 percent so it's not terrible but it's not good it'd be nice if we we're actually down to 45 after last night but Boyan is shooting 48 percent at the rim which is actually an uptick he's shooting 29 percent in the paint non-restricted area Everything else is actually getting right to be back in line. He's 39% on corner threes. He's 42% on above the break threes. He's back at 40%. It's if you actually what's wrong with Boyan shooting is that paint non-restricted area, jump stop and lane fade back shot. It doesn't go in. Or it goes in 29% of the time. So that's that's the shot that, you know, um is probably you now, and let's be fair for a second. The guys who are taking that shot. Joe Ingles, 56%. Royce O'Neal, 50%. Boyan, 29%. Mike Conley, 51%. Jordan Clarkson, 52%. Derek Favors, 77%. Those are fine. The number is 45% because Gobert is 5 of 24. Because Boyan is 12 of 42. So most of the guys who are taking that paint non-restricted area shot are taking it at 50%, and that's just fine. Today's show is brought to you by the good people at Intercap Lending. Boy, do they do great work. Brock Worthen has just uh, is a high-quality super guy. Their community service work is amazing. And then what really moves the meter for you, I mean, it's great to know that you're working for a company that's doing great community service um, and, and doing all the things they've done from school backyards to Christmas presents for refugees to all these various things. But really what you want is the fact that Steve Carter is the best. And that's actually what matters most because Steve Carter is the best. He is our loan officer for Locked On, and Steve Carter does just incredible work. In or out of state, by the way. Carl Weinstein, our COO of Locked On, who took us to the point where we could be a good enough company to be purchased, uh, said, fantastic experience with Steve and Intercap Lending. Steve and his team were on top of everything, super responsive, got our loan done quickly, provided answers, options needed. We made the loan lending process painless, couldn't recommend it more. That's pretty consistent, right? Glenn Swallow, Steve helped me refinance some rental properties out of state. The experience from the beginning end was fast and easy. His team was very responsive and made the process painless. If you tell Steve Carter that you are with Locked On, you get the Locked On Jazz family discount. That's at Intercap Lending. 40 years in the business. 
And Steve Carter is our guy. So let's give you the, the number to reach Steve Carter. You got your pen ready? You got your brain ready? I can't remember this. You have to remember it. 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Today's show is also brought to you by CBDMD. CBD. PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD melatonin along with all sorts of other little sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. CBD bath salts give you a little extra way to relax with some Epsom and some Dead Sea and some Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience. You want a good night's sleep? Get a little easier. I needed it last night. I got a terrible night's sleep. Good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to sleep harder than the NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter. Oh, nice. Or the Utah Jazz. Make it easier to get your stuff off right. They're offering all of the listeners 25% off your next order. Use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, CBDMD.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products at CBDMD. Relax. Shed that holiday stress. Shed that February stress. Just go get a little CBD PM and CBD bath salts at CBDMD.com. Promo code 25, promo code MBA for 25% off. Locked on today is our new daily podcast. Hopefully you're enjoying uh, that and have taken it in and in, and grabbed it. The uh, 20 minutes, all the sports news and need, news and notes you need in the day. All right, I want to talk above the break three versus off the break three and the three-point revolution. We touched on it yesterday, but as I went back to the show, I thought, you know what? We're really not actually doing a very good job on that. The catch-and-shoot three is a much more efficient three. So, for example, there are five teams in the league that shoot over 40% on catch-and-shoot, and the league average on catch-and-shoot is about 38%. Okay. Uh, last year for the season, we shot 41%. The league average on catch and shoot was about 37. We'll probably get down there again. Uh, the year prior to that, just a, two teams shot over 40% and the league average was actually about 36%. So worth noting, we've seen kind of this catch and shoot uptick of 36, 37, 38% over the last three years. We'll see. I think the sample size is actually big enough. Uh, to grab on four years ago, we were at 37. So the, the catch and shoot three point shot is about a 37, 38% shot, um, out there. If we look at the off the bounce three, this is, this is what I was talking about yesterday. That's really changing in the league. So let's go back to four years from now or four years from now, four years ago, 2017, 18. And you look at that and there was there were two teams, the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors, who took like seven or eight a game, and they shot 36%. But the league average, the 15th, me, the median team in the league, was the Utah Jazz at 32% on a catch-and-shoot three. Well, you start to do the math on a 32% catch-and-three. That's .96 points per possession. It's not that great, right? Like, 36 is a little bit of the magic number here. Okay, 
Because at 36% on a catch and shoot, you're at about 1.08 points per possession. If you're into a half-court possession, you're generally below 1.08 because the transition's higher and league average is about 1.1. So in a half-court possession, you're generally about below 1.08. If you're at 35%, you're at 1.05. That's not bad. You're probably fine with that shot. Anything under, though, you start to get into the point where like the other team's like, fine, go ahead. So you go back and let's look at 18-19. And again, kind of we were actually right at the median and, the, and it was 33%. So we saw a one percentage point league-wide uptick in 17-18. And last year in 19-20, you kind of go to the mid, and we were, it was still, thir, it was now 33%. So we're, for three years, we've kind of stayed in the same range and that's why. But all of a sudden this year, as of this moment in the league, the mid, the, the, the catch and shoot, or excuse me, the off the bounce three is sitting. The median team kind of depends. Actually, there's a huge gap of all weird things between the uh, teams that are, are 15th and 16th in the league. Denver's 15th at 35.1%. That's a 2% uptick from last year and a 3% uptick overall. Here, here's the other thing. The teams that are good at it are crazy different. So how many teams in the NBA are above 36%? Because we just established that that was a little bit of the number. 12 teams so far this year are above 36% on off-the-bounce threes as a team. Last year, there was one. It was San Antonio. They shot six of them a game. The year before, there was one. It was the Warriors. They took 10 of them again, game. The year before that, there were two. The Celtics and Warriors, I mentioned, they took eight of them a game. So right now, there's 11 teams in the NBA or 12 teams in the NBA that are shooting 36%, which we've kind of said is like, you. that's a great shot. Or better on the above the bounce break, th- or excuse me, on the off the bounce three. And they're shooting above 36%. And in every other year, there's been one. I mean, this is a dramatic, dramatic change in the game. It has, it, it has large impacts on defense, all sorts of, aspects um you know you can't drop the big if everybody can start shooting the three off the bounce i mean one of our major defensive strategies kind of falls into trouble there you can't go under on mike conley because you're going to try to block rudy's role on the other side like it helps us and hurts us um if we look at the guys who take the most off the bounce threes like what part of the the revolution that we've had going on is that you've had these guys who are suddenly taking, you know, five or six off-the-bounce threes a game, and they're Dame Lillard and they're James Harden. But what we're also beginning to get is more and more guys who are taking, you know, at least... So let's run through, like, the frequency. Guys that are averaging two a game right now. And there are now 52 of these players in the league that are averaging more than two... Off the bounce threes a game. If we go to last year for the entire season, that's the number there were for the year also, 59. We go to 2018-19 and look at that number. There were less than 50 for the whole year, about 47. If we go to 17-18, we're well under 50 as well. Okay? So one now we've seen this uptick of it taking place. Of the guys that actually took enough a game, how many of them actually shot over 36% that 
as a player. In 1718, actually, of all funny things, Tyreek Evans, kind of in his last gas, was one of them. There were there were four or five players that were above 40%. And there were another five players above 38%. And then there were about five to 10 more that were at 36%. So you had about, you know, you got the number there. But there were last, then you go to 1819. Steph Curry was the only one over 40%. There were five guys above 38%. I mean, that's deadly. 38% off the bounce three is deadly. Ellington, Ross, Bledsoe, Middleton, Curry. And you had another four guys that were five guys who were above 36%. Okay, so, you know, about 10 or 11 guys in 1819. We go to 1920 last year. You had five guys now over 40%. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard, Paul George, J.J. Redick. You had another three guys over 90%, Bogdanovich, Alec Burks, and Eric Gordon. Another two guys over 80%, Karis LeVert and Kyrie Irving. Another f- five guys over 37%, Luke Kennard, Chris Middleton, Gord Drogic, Buddy Heald, four guys. And you had another four guys over 36%, Zach Levine, Kemba Walker, J.J. Barea in his final act, and Evan Fournier. Right, so all of a sudden, not only do you now have 59 guys that are willing to take two off-the-bounce threes a game, which is a huge spike from the below 50 numbers we had before, but you now have five guys over 40%. You have eight guys over 39%. You have 10 guys over 38%. You have 15 guys over 37%. And you have 20 guys over 36%. Crazy change. What about this year? This year, you've got Wayne Ellington shooting 54%. You have one, Joe Ingles, Buddy Heald, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton, CJ McCollum, Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, Paul George, Gary Trent Jr., 15 guys shooting over 40% with at least two attempts on above-the-break threes. 15! You got Mike Conley at 39%. You got Evan Fournier, Brandon Ingram, Jordan Clarkson at 38%. That's three of them. You got Kobe White, Kyle Lowry, Drew Holiday, Trey Young, Lonzo Ball, all at 36%. That's the revolution that's going on in the league. It's not only the amount that are going up, but the level they're going up, and it changes everything in the league. It's crazy. I want to dig in that deeper. Quinn Snyder Wednesday comes to you. As we continue, you listen to Locked on Bets Yet, the uh, gambling podcast that we've launched for you. 15 minutes, quick hitting, a lot of fun. Lee Sterling, the handicapper, picks the best three games he can find. The WTF, the wrong team favorite in the blowout special each and every day on the show. It's all brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. Go grab betonline.ag and see what's going on over there. You can get ready for the football this weekend or the college Basketball games taking place or all the NBA, and you can do it with a 50% welcome bonus at Lockdown. Using Lockdown to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Rudy Gobert is the future's favorite right now. 
for Defensive Player of the Year. If you want to play on that, they also have MVP votes going on. See where Jokic is uh, and make your bet on that. They're about to get really hot. Uh, bet online. That was not a suggestion. That was just an idea. That was not a suggestion. Uh, you do what you want. Uh, visit our good friends, exclusive partners at, at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Use the promo code Locked On for your free bonus. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6. I love the Twitter chatter yesterday. About Grip 6, one guy said it's the only belt he's worn for like three years. I am right there, actually. Ever since I got a Grip 6 belt, I have not um, worn anything else. So uh, when the people were tweeting at me, Danny Barney says, my Grip 6 belt came today. It's awesome. You've been advertising for a long time. I should have purchased one a long time ago. And then one of our other uh, friends jumped on the backside of it and said, uh, you know, I've got my, uh, I've done it. I haven't worn anything else for two years. Bucky B says, can't wait for my new Grip 6 belt in the morning. I've read a lot of great stuff about them. So check it out at Grip6.com. Uh, Curtis H was then tweeted out, my new belt, some Grip 6 showed up today. I don't get excited very often for clothes, but these are pretty cool. He got the whole pack with the three um, straps and the buck, two buckles in the little box they come in. It's pretty cool. Use the promo code Locked On, get 15% off as well. It's all at Grip 6. All right, it's Quinn Snyder Wednesday. I want to start off with a question that I asked him about Jordan Clarkson and playing free and leading to three-point shooting since that's our theme. Then we'll jump on about more off the uh, the impact of the off-the-bounce three. Actually, we'll start there. We'll go first to the impact of the off-the-bounce three. Then we'll go to Jordan Clarkson, and then we'll go to his comment about his team's understanding how to read defensive coverages. I think it, it, it impacts pick-and-roll defense. For one thing, you know, I think his teams have really tried to protect the rim. Um, you know, that, that shot is more available because the bigs aren't up to contest it. Um, you know, and when you get players that are capable of making that shot, Steph Curry's the best example, right? If you if you stay back, you've basically got a two-on-one with the offense, you know, and the ball handler's defender uh, on the three-point line. And when we think of a two-on-one in transition, you know, we we get a layup. You know, ideally, so it's a similar situation, um, and it forces people to adjust. And I think just like, you know, players being comfortable shooting it and then shooting it deeper, um, what you're seeing is is people are working on it because there's a situation in the game that requires it. Quinn always has a great phrase that if you listen to the players, they'll teach you what you need to do. I think this is the case here as well. You know, so what Quinn says is they went and they took away the shots at the rim. They put Brooke Lopez, Milwaukee did right in front of the rim. The Jazz put Rudy there. You can't get to the rim. And then they also hug shooters. So now the catch and shoot's harder to get. Teams are still getting it. And so what are you left with if you want to get your, your looks? Is this off the bounce three that James Harden, Dame Lillard changed, and now you've got everyone working on it all the time. We saw Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell explode in the bubble on it, and that's where suddenly you're having it. But you, when I ran through those guys, like the Jazz just have a ton of them, and that's what is allowing us, you know, as teams have tried to eliminate us from taking threes, we're still getting 40, 45 off a game, and we still are able now set the NBA record for 11 straight games, making at least 15. Let's go to the freedom of shooting and shooting wealth about Jordan Clarkson my question will lead this I was talking to Jordan Clarkson the other day on one of our zooms and he talked about the freedom that you're giving everyone to shoot shots take threes leads to good shooting percentages what's the mindset in what you're trying to give your players in that about shots and what shots to take it's 
It's a, it's a good question and it's a really complex, long answer. So I'll try to be brief. It's been about a year that we've tried to continue to emphasize shooting the ball. Our percentages have been high. Um, and obviously we wanted to get more and more up, um, even to the point where our percentage goes down a little bit because net net were, those are shots we want. I, I think the balance, we've been a team that's moved the ball so much and we equate that with unselfishness and good offense. Um, but as our personnel has evolved, when we've got more shooting on the floor, um, sometimes the, this, the unselfish play is to take the shot. And it's one of the reasons that there have been times when we've turned the ball over because we're trying to quote unquote play the right way. And right now we need to shoot on closeouts and the focus is on finding those situations. And for me, um, really emphasizing, you know, pointing out, clarifying the situations where I expect them to shoot the ball. And that may feel, um, hopefully it does feel like freedom and confidence, but it's actually Ironically, it's discipline. Um, just like you expect someone to cut hard um, or screen, I expect us to shoot. And if we're not shooting, then we're not executing. Were two things most interesting about what Quinn said there. One is he said about a year of the works. Really what Quinn did that not enough people have taken time to understand is that he rebuilt this team after the stoppage of play March 11th and going into the bubble. And that's the story really of what's happening here is how Quinn having – had Jordan Clarkson then for th- two months, having had Boyan Bogdanovich for a whole year, understood their strengths and weaknesses and changed the way the team played. And that, I think, is is the biggest piece of this puzzle in so many ways. Uh, and, and so you hear him talking about that it's happened a year ago. Um, and that's, you know, what that's like in the process of a year ago. Then the other thing is that discipline concept um, is certainly interesting. The the part of that that's interesting is what the players translate that as a freedom to take these shots and a feeling that they shoot a better percentage because of the fact that they have uh, that freedom overall. All right, final one is about the Jazz ability. They've just seen so many different coverages as they're torching people offensively. Teams are, you know, cha- changing up on them all the time. And what the Jazz are doing offensively right now is just incredible. They have not had a offensive game. Sorry about that. They, they have not had an offensive game with an offensive Offensive rating uh, under one like fifteen um, in ages. Most of their games are over one twenty right now. Uh, if you kind of just run back through it, Pelicans one twenty one, Pelicans one twenty two, Warriors one twenty, Knicks one nineteen, Mavericks one seventeen. One ten's like league average here. Dallas one twenty four. You get over one twenty twenty, you're going to win. Detroit, Denver one twenty. We didn't. Uh, last night was a 117, but we also held them to 100 offensive rating, which is my other theory is if you hold someone to 100, you always win. You go 10% either way, you win. Uh, and so we have just been rolling offensively, and part of that is reading coverages every night. Here's what Quinn said about that. Well, I think they're doing a good job of it, particularly if you see um, multiple coverages within one game. Um, like anything, you can get used to playing against a certain style of defense and then Usually that's more game to game, uh, but we've had it a lot with, within a game. It's similar to, you know, if someone throws a zone at you, usually there's a little bit of an adjustment period. But, you know, I, I, we've worked hard at those reads. Um, I think the connection between, you know, the ball handler and, and the roller uh, has continued to improve as far as them being able to read how they're being played. And then the, the maybe as important – is not only you reading the, the two players that are defending in pick and roll, but you're reading the help. And that's the part where I think we've really 
we've improved and our guys have been more uh, focused on spacing. Sometimes the, the difference of like four feet can mean, you know, getting the shot or not. And I think as those things are happening, whether it's the pick and roll, the roll, the ball being driven, um, guys are spaced, um, you know, with more urgency and more, in, in, you know, they're more intentional in their spacing. Well, for a defensive team, all of our questions were offensive centric today. Uh, so, all right. Hope you like the Quinn Snyder Wednesday. That is a fun little show we do every Wednesday. His highlights of the week and uh, give you a little extra insight. One of the bright basketball minds, the coach of the month uh, there for us. Today's show brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced by Botswana. Ten design masters have each produced a set of ten uniquely beautiful diamond rings, and they're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com. This exciting collection of truly unique limited edition diamond engagement rings is available now only at BlueNile.com. Have a great day.